Good, e- good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio, and Secret Weapon Consulting. I'm Chris Kostich. Alongside me, Adam Wright. A lot planned for you tonight. We have the Chiefs getting a win over the Dolphins in Germany. The Eagles squeaking out a win against the Cowboys. Also going to be talking about the Bengals getting a big win against the Bills on Sunday Night Football. And, of course, our Week 9 top three, bottom three, as well as trivia. And always, lastly, the Fumble Rooski fan box. That's going to be here on the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 8018 Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright. We start with the Chiefs with the win over the Dolphins in Germany. Man, and the Dolphins just can't seem to get a win over a good team. The Dolphins haven't been a team with a over 500 uh, winning percentage, just a winning record in general, in over 400 days. Uh I said this on uh, last week too. You just gotta beat them up physically at this point, because you can you can run all over the field you want, but this Dolphins team just hasn't proven that they can go toe to toe with a top five defense this year at all. And it it definitely showed in that first half. They went down tw- what was it twenty one nothing. They're able to get something going in the second half, but regardless, I mean, yeah, the defense stepped up. But Tua, only 190 yards, didn't do that great passing-wise. Tyreek was able to get going a little bit, eight catches. Other than that, it Dolphins are extreme frauds right now. I mean, you kind of nailed – you hit the nail right on the head. You know, the, this, is, this is a Dolphins team that hasn't beaten a competitive team in over a year, like well over a year. And – like if if it's been all season, then it's like okay, it's a small sample size. When it's over a year, like you go into like way like deep into last season as well, that's not a mistake. So you look at that. Um, I I liked the way they started off the season, and they are still six and three, so they could turn it around. But like, uh, I I had I had my questions with this team, and that offensive line is still. It, I, I still have my, my issues with it. So you, you have to look at it and say, like, oh, like a, maybe a little bit fraudulent, just a little bit. Like six and, th- six and three also isn't an accident, but this team, no. yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see how you could look at this uh, Dolphins team and say, like, they're contending teams. Record-wise, you would say they're inside, they're inside that championship bubble. When you give it the eye test, they just aren't. 
and the they may still win the division because the bills behind them are are struggling themselves but they're not getting anywhere past the wild card round probably now yeah, the divisional I, round they're not making the afc championship i'll say that much yeah and like even the chiefs didn't even have that great of a game the running the ball they got 93 yards on the ground Mahomes had 185 through the air their leading receiver was noah gray shout out lemonster Three receptions, 34 yards. That was their leading receiver. Not even Travis Kelsey. None of the actual receivers. I said this last week. Those receivers, so suspect. So, so suspect. And, yeah, they were able to make by last year. But, you know, it. It this is one of those things where, you know, like it's kind of with the Pats where, you know, they look their situations – seem dire with Brady and whatnot. And then all of a sudden they end up in the Super Bowl somehow. And it seems like it'll probably end up being the same way with the chiefs. They'll probably end up making their way into the Super Bowl somehow with Patrick Mahomes. Cause that's just how they are. But you know, the dolphins and their three losses against the bills where they got absolutely clapped the Eagles, where they also lost by at least two scores the Chiefs game was the only close game that they've had against a team with a winning record. And looking at the schedule in front of them, they'll have the Raiders who have a losing record uh, next week or not next week because they have the bye this week. But um, then they had the Jets on Thanksgiving who have a winning record. Commanders, losing record. So if we were to go by – if we were to go by the schedule, we'll go Raiders, 1-0. Jets, 1-0. One and one, maybe. Commanders, two and one. Titans, three and one. Jets. Did I say? Yeah, I said uh, Jets loss already. So I'll give yeah. them. A, I'll give them one and one on the series season uh, season series. So that's uh, what four and one now. Cowboys, four and two. Ravens, four and three. Bills. If it's anything like it was at the beginning of the season, they'll end up being four and four for the rest of the way. Can I give you another narrative to this Dolphins team as to why they are struggling so much? So I mentioned the offensive line in the beginning of the year, and the offensive line has been a mess. Like it's one of it's one of their one of their weaknesses on this team. Three sacks on Sunday too. That's that's what I'm getting to. They have been sacked three times or more three times this season. Guess which ones? Guess guess what? Did they win those games? Let, Let me ask you. No. Did they win or no? Yes. No. Wait, they did? Three games, they were sacked three times or more. They lost. When when the offensive line holds up, then they win the games. Wow. But when Tua doesn't have his time to throw, then there's the issue. And it goes back to what I also say about Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, uh, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy, all quarterbacks who need everything to be perfect in order to succeed. We might have to add Tua to that list. When Joe Burrow had a couple years ago, actually last year as well, had one of the worst offensive lines in all of football, he was still able to make it to the Super Bowl. Josh Allen, to this day, still does not have a reliable running game. Still makes it, you know, 11 to 12 wins every single year. Patrick Mahomes has some one of the worst receiving cores in all of football right now. They're in the Super Bowl bubble right now. You look at Tua, this offensive line, when it doesn't do well, he doesn't play well. So what does that tell you about this Dolphins team? 
So yeah. the, the offensive line is a problem. No, it definitely is. And it makes you wonder if they, you know, one of their biggest things is quick RPO plays. So maybe they just try to keep it simple again and just have that be their main passing attack and try to open up those deep shots. So then the defense isn't as aggressive to try to get to the quarterback, you know? Because that was the other thing we were talking about last week was the disappearance of the vertical offenses. So now you got to think of a way to get that back again because that's one of that's one of the big things for the Dolphins is that they have speed where they can get those deep shots and the defenses aren't allowing that. And on top of that, too, they're exposing the old line enough where they're going to get to the quarterback at a pretty quick, quick amount of time in general. So maybe you do go back to those quick RPO slants and whatnot just to try to free up those deep shots and get the defense to back off a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, they have to find some way in order to in order to get the ball out. I mean, that like that's that's part of that's part of that's on, that part is on McDaniel making these adjustments in order to combat the fact that their their offensive line is not very good. Right. So instead of trying to give Tua so much time in order to get Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle down the field. I mean, maybe you go go a little more dink and duck. It's dunk. It's not a sexy way of playing football, but it's the way that's working. And we did also talk about this last week, how high flying vertical offenses are down. The Dolphins are one of the ex- one of the exceptions to that. And is it an is it a coincidence that when those teams run into good front sevens, that they lose? especially with the offensive line they had. If if the Lions or the Chiefs were to try and go vertical, and they, they would succeed because they have a good offensive line. The Dolphins don't have that. And even, even when they do, even when they do have Teron Armstead in the lineup, they're still they're still very suspect on that offensive line. So, you know, they have it's adapt or die. And it doesn't they they are so stubborn. With the way they are playing right now, it's like, well, we're six and three. We'll just keep doing what we're doing. Just huck it down the field. When you want, when you run into a bad, uh, into a good team, then good luck, buddy. Good luck there. Yeah, that's and, all I have about that. And next week, even I, even with me saying the Raiders is probably going to end up being a win, very much well, you could have Max Crosby in your backfield sacking two a three to four times next week too. Let's not forget about that. That's a totally different Raiders team that we're about to be talking about right now with Antonio Pierce as their head coach. There's a new energy over there. Granted, it was a little cringy that they were celebrating with the cigars in the locker room after beating, beating the Giants. But when That's you actually look at the broader right now, yeah. When you look at actually look at the broader picture, though, they're celebrating the fact that they're not dealing with Josh McDaniels. There's a whole new energy in that locker room right now. So that could very much. Dolphins could very much be three, go three and five the, the next eight weeks, their next eight games. Three and five, yeah. I mean, the Jets are the Jets are a good front seven. Uh, the Commanders, well, they did have a good front seven. Uh, Titans, yeah, they could. I mean, like, you just don't know which Dolphins team you're going to get based on the the competitiveness of the team that you're facing. So, oh yeah. Um, but if the offensive line can hold, if it can hold up, then this team will be very good. But you also like, I don't, I, I I don't have a lot of confidence in that. 
So if you have a good enough offense where you can play a little more uh, in the flats, do some in- intermediate routes with your receivers, then you can still win some games. But the fact that they haven't done that is a bit of a problem. Yeah. You can you can see it on the field. You can see where Tua is trying to find Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle deep, and then he gets bl- he gets brought down or he gets rushed into a pass that he didn't want to throw. So, is there a coincidence? I think not. I don't think so either. No, and that goes to what I said. You know, maybe just keep it simple again and just go back to those RPOs that were working for you before. Like that's that's what they were killing with teams at the beginning of the season and especially last year too and it it worked for them yeah. especially with the rushing attack that they have now i mean you got a lot of teams that are going to be worrying about raheem mostert in the game plan so there's so many weapons to choose from you need to capitalize on defense is not accounting for everyone at once you know but yeah moving on Eagles squeaking out a win over the Cowboys. Uh, America's game of the week on Fox, 28-23 to 23 was the final score. Um, Jalen Hurts, 17 for 23, 207 yards, two touchdowns. He got sacked three times. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 18 carries, 43 yards. 109 yards on the ground in total for uh, the Eagles. But I'm big story here, though, Cowboys. Dak Prescott, I thought this was a very good game for Dak Prescott. 374 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I think the biggest problem here is that the O-line sold on him. Five O-line sacks sold. allowed. Five sacks, including two of them on the last two drives of the game. Or maybe that was the last drive, I forget. But even it then, like the last drive of the game, the Eagles are basically handing them the win. Eagles are handing them the win. You got a PI on the first play, roughing the passer on the second play. Third play was like just a blatant offsides penalty. I, I don't know what the, what the hell you're doing there. The Eagles were were hand wrapping a gifted win to them, and the O line just couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, and we can talk about the offensive line all we want, but I mean, my takeaway is like the execution that this Cowboys team shows in big games real. I mean, like this isn't rocket science as to why this Cowboys team has been so bad for so long in big moments. I mean, their coaching has been terrible. Yeah. Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy, you are the Dallas Cowboys and that's the best you can do. Like I get like they, they, they draft some incredible talent over the past few years. They watch their college football down there. But, like, you got to make sure that you're also getting the coaching down because it's not all, like, in in the NFL, it's not all about the talent. You can have all the talent in the world and still fall short because your coaching is bad. It's not like the NBA where you can just have a clown in Tyron Lue and then LeBron James and Kyrie Irving carry you to the championship. That That doesn't work that way. Right, like you, Dak Prescott and Ceedee Lamb are not going to do that for you. You need you need good execution from your coaching, and if you're not doing that, then find a new guy. There's another guy in New England who is probably is about to let to be let go. You might want to be interested in. So, just saying. Jeez, we might might as well take a first rounder from the Cowboys instead of the Titans. Jeez, 
Uh, oh, uh, or, we'll see, but or instead of the commanders, it's a but like I'm just it, it's a coaching thing. Yeah. No, yes, you have is. your bad losses, but that's the only what that's the only way you could look at this for why this Cowboys team is so bad at executing against teams that you're you're right there with talent wise. Have they have they even won a playoff game recently? Yeah, like, they I, won one a couple of years ago. It was yeah. 2020 or 2019, one of those two years. I forget. They won. They've won three. Well, we know that they've won three playoff games in the last twenty-five years. So yeah, um, but it's an execution thing. They've yeah. had talent during that span of time. They're very good with evaluating players in the draft. They get superstar after superstar every year, but you fall short because you don't have the good leadership in the coaching staff. Mike yeah, McCarthy that- isn't going to do it for you. No, he's not. And even the end of his Packers tenure, it was kind of, it was very iffy for him too. Like he basically kind of got run out of town in Green Bay because he wasn't doing it for them anymore. And now he comes to the Cowboys. He's still putting, giving them winning seasons. But when you get to the nitty gritty of things and you actually need a win, he's not there to get you the win. And that's the problem. And it's just, you just got to, it's a repeating broken record at this point. And I'll say, I said it before, I'll say it again. They're going to lose to the 49ers in San Fran. I showed you, I showed you that post, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're projected to face them again. If the, if the regular season ended today, wasn't that so, last week? It's, it was this week. Yeah. Oh, I, it was this I, week? I sent, I sent it this week. So that, oh, it's, oh, oh. that's still, it maybe it might've been a thing last, uh, last week too, but it looks like it's just destined to happen. The Cowboys run into the 49ers, and that happens. Yeah, I I couldn't remember. Times kind of just getting all squished together at the moment. If it happens again, if it if they face each other again and lose, it's just life is just a projection at this point. Oh yeah. Moving on, Bengals beating the Bills on Sunday Night Football. Bengals are back. Told you guys. It's just a one-off thing, you know. Bengals were going to be back around this time, and here they are. Joe Burrow, 348 yards, two touchdowns. T. Higgins, eight catches, 110 yards. It was kind of an off day for Jamar, but Jamar's got a little like back thing going at the moment, and it's actually going to be even questionable if he plays next week. From I did not know that, actually. Really? That's a report's going on, is that uh, they're going to be taking – uh, as of yesterday, at least, they said that his back was sore. So they're going to take it one day at a time. So I I wouldn't rule out Jamar just yet in general. I think he's still going to play. But that's definitely still going to be something to watch out for. Oh, you said Jamar Chase. Oh, you thought I was talking about T. Higgins? I thought you were talking about Lamar Jackson for a second. Oh, what? It was like... Lamar? Wait. Yeah, I did know that about... about uh, and they said it, there was some soreness, right? So that's... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They are facing the Texans. Yeah. But that's not to say that the Texans are going to be a, a let up, you know. Oh, they were they will not in the slightest. CJ no. Stroud's a stud. Yeah. Um do you want me to start? You want me to start talking? Uh I was going to finish off my thing real yeah, quick. Yeah, finish finish your thing. Or actually you can go cuz we can I, say the I cut you off. Thing. You you keep you go. No, we can we can talk about the Bengals first and then we can go to the Bills right. on this. 
Yeah, well, I mean, to, for the record, I never, I never doubted it. I never doubted they would figure things out. The like, I was a little worried about the about uh, Joe Burrow's calf, and I honestly do believe that they would not have a slow start this year if Burrow did not injure his calf. Like that was that was the reason why they were so bad that, for so long this season so far. Now they look like their normal selves. So if if this whole team stays healthy, which is a big if because it's the NFL, if this team stays healthy for the most part, I like they can beat anybody. I don't I don't yeah. I think they're better than the Ravens. I think they're better than the Chiefs. This is like I I just I never I I was I always held out hope for this team this year. And I'm just glad that they're they're pulling through. As yeah, for yeah. this upcoming matchup with the Texans, I you could look at it as a potential trap game, but they I do believe that they should win. You know, the the Texans are the team of tomorrow, the Bengals are the team of today. This is the Bengals year to win it. CJ Stroud's year, he it's it's coming soon, but you're not winning you're not going to get by that long with tank dell noah brown and nico collins as your top receivers now like it's great what he's doing with them and it shows that he's the guy but it's it's not sustainable there's a reason why so, why quarterbacks do need at least something in order to contend but they can still develop they can still develop i was actually just i'll save it for uh i'll save it for later actually yeah you can say that save that for later but what what are your takeaways basically the same thing that you said really it's, it's the same thing we've seen the last two years Bengals go off to a slow start now they're picking it up again and they're gonna find themselves in the divisional round and most likely probably the championship round the, they might be it's probably gonna end up being Bengals Chiefs again for all we know which I think is a pretty safe bet to make and, you know going off of what you're saying about the schedule coming up too you know, you got Texans who they should beat, the Ravens, who that's a toss-up right there, to be honest. But I think that they could definitely beat the Ravens. Like I said, that flip a coin and take your pick. Steelers should beat the Steelers. Jaguars, that's another game that they should definitely win. But maybe you even flip a coin on that. Colts, they should win that. Vikings, they should win that. Steelers, maybe they split with the Steelers. Chiefs, flip a coin. Browns, they should win that. It's the schedule in front of them for the rest of the way is definitely a little bit more on the difficult side, but it's all very, very doable. Yeah, it it's certainly it's like that. It's it's tough to it's tough to tell with who we believe that the Bengals will lose to and who they'll beat because I do believe that the Bengals, with their head screwed on straight, which I believe they are in the second half of this season. I just don't like they they can beat anybody. But there's also divisional games can be tough for them. Yeah, and currently all AFC North teams are projected to make the playoffs at the moment. Right now, but we'll see how Still. long that lasts. Um so against this Ravens team, I am a little nervous about them because the Ravens have been blowing out championship contending teams left and right so far this year and they're seven and two the injury bug has not hit them like we thought it would no and they're still winning games um the jaguars the jaguars are a good team and their time is very it's very close 
They're not there yet. They're no. too young. And I think the Bengals, the, the Bengals are a better team than them. I have them, I have them making it to the AFC championship game, but there's a reason why I have them losing to the Bengals in that game. Um, as for the rest of the way, I think they should beat the Chiefs, right? I think they should beat the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, we were just we just got done talking about how the Chiefs receivers are all suspect and all that. I feel like that that you should be able to, or at least lock them up a little bit and make Noah Gray your their leading receiver again. And like, if the Dolphins were able to do it, who's say that the Bengals can't do it? For the for the, as for the Chiefs, for the Chiefs um championship hopes. I'm going to put it in a I'm going to put this in a way that's going to make every Chiefs fan uncomfortable. Your entire championship window is hang, is hanging on uh the health of a 34-year-old tight end. Yeah. Basically. I that's a pretty good way to say it honestly, jeez, cuz you saw how they were without him. We saw how how they were without him. And I get it. Mahomes can ma- do more with less, which is why they'll probably make the playoffs. But are they winning a championship if Travis Kelsey tomorrow gets an injury and is out no. for the rest of the year? No. No, they're not doing that. They're not even making the AFC championship. So no. I just I think the Bengals are better equipped, barring any serious injuries. Another knock on wood, let's hope that calf stays stays fine. I just I just don't see like the Bengal I think they could lose two games tops here. Which means right now they are 5 and 3. The rest so if they lose two games the rest of the way that makes them 12 and 5. And they could be division championships uh, division champions, I don't know. They should. I th- I think they they're better than the Ravens. Oh yeah. So we'll see. Moving on to the Bill side of things. Josh Allen with another turnover. I'm just going to say it very bluntly. The Bills are overrated. Overrated. They'll, yeah. they'll make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. But that Super Bowl window, forget about it. I don't think they're winning the division either. I think no. the Dolphins the Dolphins have won too many games and they're probably going to win too many games for them to keep pace. And even if they do win the division, it's going to be by their freaking nose hair. Yeah. And even then, they're probably they're 5 and 4 right now. Sure. And they'll probably end up being the Pats the next time around. They got the Broncos on uh, Monday night. They'll probably beat the Broncos. That'll probably end up being a really tough game actually. The Jets Lord knows if they'll even beat the Jets this time around. The Eagles, I don't think they'll beat the Eagles. The Chiefs, maybe. They restacked their secondary, so maybe they beat the Chiefs. Cowboys, if they get the Cowboys on a bad day, then sure. Chargers, they'll beat the Chargers because Brandon Staley sucks. Patriots, they'll probably end up being the Patriots this time around. Dolphins, they'll they'll probably handle the Dolphins again, maybe. Sure. Sure, but in the grand scheme of things, if they were to go up against the Ravens tomorrow, then I, if tomorrow was the AFC divisional playoff round, and Buffalo had to travel to Baltimore, Ravens are taking that one. Yeah, Ravens are taking it all day. Even if Baltimore is traveling to Buffalo, the Ravens are taking it all day, all day. 
the the Bills are not going to make a playoff run. Their Super Bowl window is closing, if not closed already. Yeah, they're like I and I'm I. I can't talk today. <laughs> um, I am uh, I am surprised with how this Bengal how this Bills team has been this year. I thought they are a slam dunk to make uh, to win eleven to twelve games. They may not do that right now. They may be a t- they may be a ten win team, maybe nine, maybe even a nine. Yeah, but I, like they'll the only sure thing that I see is that they'll make the playoffs. But besides that, I mean they've had some real some real trouble, and we're seeing how much that defense was really picking up the slack for Josh Allen's turnovers, and the offensive line has not really been that good this year. So this whole combination is just really bad for Josh Allen because, yeah, he throws a million touchdowns, but he also turns the ball over a lot, and it hurts the team. Yeah, I do like how they got the rookie tight end, Dalton Kincaid, going, had 10 catches. So that that's probably your only real bright spot. Stephon Diggs had six catches and a touchdown. Keep him happy a little bit. But, you know, it it just seems like even seems like it's a little toxic a little bit in the locker room from from Stefan Diggs, to be honest. Like some he's like, you know, you got wide receiver divas and like he's definitely he's a diva. And, you know, we we've seen it not matter a lot for most teams. But like this is, you know, the. Stefan Diggs more than a few times has freaked out now because he's not getting the football. And I think that started that's starting to kind of get into the team a little bit. Yeah. And the fact that they're not winning games is doing it as well. Like and if they, he's not getting the ball and they're win in their winning, then that would like I'm sure he would get over it. And I'm sure that's been the case the past few years with uh with the Bills. Right now. They're only four and three. What's their next matchup? They're uh they're five and four. What's their what's their next matchup? Broncos on Monday. Five night. five and four, yeah. So the Broncos, okay, they'll win they'll win that game. So they might I don't stay know, above five hundred. I don't know, because the Broncos defense has kind of stepped up a little bit now. A little bit, but come on. I get I get it. I get it. But it's it is the Broncos. I think that that'll be a get right game. And if it's not a get right game, it'll be a Giants Bills game where they barely win and it'll be a one score game, fourteen seven. Yeah, that'll be fine. But I was only asking because if they fall to five hundred, then it'll be, then things will really hit the fan. Yeah, and it's, it's really gonna hit the fan at that point. And you thought maybe stuff would change around too, because because John McDermott's calling all the plays now. For on the offensive side, and nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. There's, I mean, yeah, sure, you're you're getting something going with Josh Allen throwing for two fifty eight, but running game still not there. What you're you're gonna rely on just giving the ball to James Cook six times and having Josh Allen carry it eight times? Like, yeah, you can rely on Josh Allen to be part of your running game, but that was part of the whole point of the beginning of the year was to kind of not kill him you know it and right now he's dealing josh allen's also dealing with a shoulder injury too yeah lord knows how that's gonna affect him 
Right. Yeah, it makes sense. But we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have top three, bottom three, as well as trivia. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. Chris Costich, Adam Wright. We move on to our week nine, top three, bottom three. Starting with the top three. Chiefs. I know we were just crapping on them for the receiving core, but you know, if you can get a win on a team that's a Super Bowl contender, then... I'll give you that right. I'll give you that spot in the top three. Vikings. Wow. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Josh Dobbs having to go in. What What was he? He got traded there on Tuesday. The O-line yep. barely even knew his cadence. Jeez. That was, that was gutsy. Anyway, worked out. What? I said it worked out. Yeah, it worked out. I mean, dude. Dude's a part-time astronaut. <laughs> That's <laughs> one way to look at I it. He, I think he's learning that playbook from Tuesday to Sunday. And it, that's got to be the way. I mean, that's got to be the way it's working right now. Yeah. It. Josh Dobbs was very impressive, and that's that's probably your going to be your feel-good story for the weekend. Uh, the Bengals. They're back. That's the simplest way I can put it. They're back, yeah. Honorable mention, Texans and the Eagles. We'll start with the Texans. This is kind of what we were starting to talk about uh, earlier uh, when we were talking about the Bengals game. C.J. Stroud is that guy. He is that guy. The guy for the Texans. 470 yards, five touchdowns. Dalton Schultz had a great game. Noah Brown had a great game. Um there was another one too. I can't think of his. Can't think of it. It wasn't Tank Dell. Hold on. Let me let me find it. Let me find it. And on top of that too, weren't we? Uh, didn't the didn't the Bucks score with like forty seconds left? Uh, yes. Bucks scored with forty six seconds left, and then uh, and they scored with twelve seconds left. The Texans scored with twelve seconds left. I think it was like six, wasn't it? Six seconds, whatever it was, yeah, they, they let they made they it back into the, the end. They they went right back down the field and said, "Take this." Yeah, yeah. Noah Brown, a great game. Dalton Schultz, a great game. Six catches, 153 yards for Brown. Dalton Schultz, ten catches, 130 yards. Tank Dell, six catches, 114 yards. A lot of great young weapon. Dalton Schultz isn't a young weapon. He's definitely a good veteran, like tight end presence for CJ Stroud to have. But the young weapons on this Texans team, if they can keep this core together 
and try to formulate the contracts in some way and keep this core receiving group and CJ Stroud and everyone else together on top of Damian Pierce. Granny's out right now, but if you're able to keep this young core, get them to develop and situate the contracts the right way, Texans are going to be a problem. Sure. Eagles. Honestly, I don't even know why the Eagles are still even on here because I just got done saying how they were basically gift wrapping the Cowboys a win at the end there. But at the end of the day, they got a defensive stop. They beat an NFC's rival, still atop of the NFC. So I'll give them the honorable mention. Yeah, my first thought on the list is I would definitely – I think the Texans should be on the list, on the actual top three list. Yeah. Um, and you can make a case for the Chiefs and Vikings to come off. But I would say the Chiefs because, like, yes, they beat a, con- a contending team, but that – Six and three Dolphins team. It's such a paper six and three right now. Anytime they run into anyone good in the last year and a half, they've lost. So I would honestly, I would, I would put the Texans in over the Chiefs. I can CJ Stroud's the real deal. Yeah. No, I can definitely agree with that. Anything else you want to add? That's about it. I guess, I guess you could say the Vikings could come off. But it was it was with a third string quarterback in Josh Dobbs who just joined the team like two days ago. Yeah. And the like and it was it, it was against the Falcons who have are having who are having issues themselves. So yeah. Yeah, I think this is a good list. I like but it. But the but the other thing too with the Vikings that with this win, they're they're still in the playoff picture now. They've uh, kept they themselves are. They kept themselves in the playoff picture somehow when we basically just wrote them off right after Kirk got injured. Mathematically, they are. Sure, but, you know, maybe we see Josh Dobbs doing something for the Vikings down the road. Maybe he keeps them in a contending spot. Maybe. Maybe a lot of things could happen. Maybe. You know, and Jettis is about to come back. Grand, they just lost K.J. Osborne to possible concussion. But... They're going to get Jettis back. They still got Jordan Addison. If he can get them the ball in a very timely manner, you know what I say about what I like most about quarterbacks. If they can get it to their skill guys in a timely manner and efficiently. If sure. If they can do that, maybe they're fine. Yeah. Cam Akers is gone, too. Yeah, I Jordan just Achilles. thought that, too. I... I'm just not holding out hope for the Vikings. Um, I'll just I'll just be candid with you here. Um, I just like they just don't have they don't they don't they they don't have enough in the quarterback position. Yes, they have so many skill positions around them, but when you don't have it at the quarterback position, it's a quarterback driven league. If you don't have the quarterback, then you're not winning. You're you're not going to the playoffs most likely. You're certainly not winning a Super Bowl. So. Punt on this season for the Vikings. I know the Vikings are s- still going to continue to fight, but as fans sitting here or sports analysts, we're still going to – I I wrote them off. I don't know, though, because – I mean, yeah, the – like I said, you never know just because it's – yeah, it's a quarterback-driven league, and, you know, a huge problem with the Vikings, too, is – their lack of a run game. They were relying heavily on Kirk throughout the entire season to the point where the Vikings had zero rushing touchdowns up to last week. 
and their one rushing touchdown came from their quarterback, Josh Dobbs. Okay. Uh, and if they make the playoffs, then I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong, but I'm I'm still very, very iffy on the Vikings right now. Yeah, I, I'm saying I'll most likely be wrong, but you never know. They could get that a seven spot for all we know. I never know. I, I don't know. I barely know. I, do, I, I don't know. None of us know. We don't have a crystal ball. It's about to be week um, 10. Come on. There's yeah. <laughs> so uh, we don't know, but they're, I don't think they're going anywhere, unfortunately. No. It would be a nice story, but they won't. It would be a nice story. Bottom three, Bills. Said this before, I'll say it again. They are overrated. Overrated is all hell. Keep it short with that. Good. Jets. Jeez. You, you let the Chargers beat you 27-6. to six. And then you have reports coming out about the Jets' energy in the locker room. You know, it's Zach Wilson went back to playing like Zach Wilson. You know, a top three pick that's playing like a third stringer. And once again, the Jets' team is all discombobulated now. They are not happy with the performance, especially on offense. Yep. Um, Seahawks. You know, I, I was a big Geno Smith guy, to say the least, but I'm starting to slowly get off the Geno Smith train. I mean, granted, yeah, the Ravens are a really good defense. Lamar Jackson has only lost once to an NFC team. And even Lamar didn't even have, didn't even have an amazing – he had no touchdowns, actually. He went 21 for 26, 187 yards, but Geno Smith – 13 for 28, 157 yards, an interception, no touchdowns, got sacked four times. Kenneth Walker couldn't even get going. Nine carries, 16 yards. You know, it, Seahawks, I still think the Seahawks could be a wild card team, but man, it's, you can't, you're not going to be making the playoffs when you have two games that are just like that. That's what their second time getting blown out like that this year. I think so. Yeah. yeah, let me let me look, look real quick. Hang on, I'm looking at it. Yeah, uh, they they got blown out by the Rams week one, thirty to thirteen. That was yeah. the that was the Puka game. Anyways, uh, honorable mention: the Panthers and the Dolphins. We said enough about the Dolphins already. Um, until they can be a winning a team with a winning record, they're going to be frauds. Uh, the Panthers, man, it, that's probably one of the most dire situations you can think of right now for the Panthers because Bryce Young isn't living up to what he should be. Your rookie quarterback sucks right now. That's yeah. I mean, it's 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 about as simple as it can get with that. I know their offensive line hasn't done them any favors, and you know they lost DJ Chark for who know, who knows how long i don't know off the top of my head but adam thielen has been good that's about the only bright spot is that is the that only guy, bright spot adam thielen cuz um, they just force feed him the yeah. ball they they get him like 10 to 15 targets a game if you're if you're a fantasy football adam thielen owner keep adam thielen in that starting lineup cuz he's going to see targets up the wazoo but yeah. if you're a fantasy guy then you go for adam thielen yeah but Bryce Young has as many multiple touchdown games as games with multiple pick sixes, and it's one, one each. You yeah. know, it, and and on top of that too, you lose your first round pick 
to the Bears this year. And what are you going to do after that? You got to build in the late rounds at that point. They're just, and they're probably going to suck for the next two, three years before they can actually get to being average or mid, you know? I don't know. Sure. Thoughts yeah. on the list? Um, thoughts on the list? Um, I mean, I have no complaints. These are all bad teams that, that did not do well. And we'll, Actually, the guys. Well, I would say the guys on so he, the guys on your top. The guys on your top three are teams that should be playing better, but didn't. Yeah. Um, and the dolphin, like the Dolphins, it wasn't a bad loss in itself, but the fact that they still have not beaten an above five hundred team in so long, it makes it that much worse. Yeah. To the point where you could take them off honorable mentions and put them in the top three because the Jets are not supposed to be as good as they have been. The Jets are not no. supposed to be four and four right now. They were not supposed to be four and three. They're supposed to be terrible. With no. Zach Wilson as your starting quarterback, you could you that's one that you could make that you can make the case for. And the Panthers, even if Bryce Young was good, they still wouldn't be a very good football team either way. No. So like I get them as as honorable mentions, but Dolphins for Jets, I think that is the case that you can make for a switch. Yeah, I think the problem with me on that though is like you're going up a chart against a Chargers team that is not good on defense and has a horrible coaching staff. Yeah, and but if their that... coaching continuously takes them out of games, and you would at least think that the Jets would put up more than six points. They could, they probably should have put up twenty. Dude, the Chiefs' defense is a top five defense, and the Jets made a game out of that, or Zach Wilson made a game out of that. That's more on Zach Wilson, just being someone who isn't Zach Wilson. Uh, like it's it's Zach Wilson is not a very good quarterback. So the fact that they've gotten anything out of him this season is not something that is expected. It's something that is a surprise. So when we see Zach Wilson be actually Zach Wilson against the Chargers, that doesn't really surprise me. That's something where like okay, I I under I understand. I see what I saw. But the point, the point I'm trying to make is if you can do that against a top five defense in the Chiefs, you can do that in a bottom 10 defense in the Chargers. Not saying that the Chargers are bottom 10. I don't know if they are or not. But I'm. that's just me emphasizing like how yeah, not great. The Chargers are. haven't been a good defense, yes. No. Um I just don't I just don't think Zach Wilson's a very good quarterback. And if no, there's I'm, any def no no team goes 0-16. It it rarely ever happens. So when yeah. the charge every once in a while the Chargers are going to run into a team that's not as good as them, that is much worse than them, and they'll beat up on them, kind of like how they did on Monday Night Football against the Jets. Yes, the Jets should have been better than they were yesterday, but they're still a significantly worse football team than the Chargers. There definitely is. Moving on, we're going to do trivia right now. Top five receiving leaders from week nine. So I'll give you a couple top hints. five or top three? Top five. Okay. You said I think you said top three. Oh, did I? That must have been from top three, bottom three. That's yeah. okay. It's okay. So top um, five wide receiver lead wide receiver receiving leaders from uh this past week. Uh I'll give you a couple couple hints. Most of the guys on this list are from one game. Okay, Tank Dell. Yeah. Noah Brown. Yeah. 
Nico Collins. No, Nico Collins had uh, 50 yards. Oh, so we're counting. Okay. Then Dal- Dalton Schultz. Yes. So Noah Brown. CeeDee Lamb. Lamb is one. Noah Brown's two. Dalton Schultz is four. Tank Dell's five. Okay. And then C.D. Lamb is, I assume, on that, on that list, right? Yeah, yeah. I said he's number one. There we go. Yeah. Okay. So who am I missing? 91 yards. Like, <laughs> who am I missing now? Wait, did I get them all? No, there's still one. You need okay, three. so I only have four. Wait. Yep. Okay. Ooh. Did I say Noah? I said Noah Brown. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so you, you got all three Houston Texans players that I was referring to. Yep. Okay. Um, now this is going to be tough. This is going to be finding a needle in a haystack right now. Uh I'll give you a hint. He's in the AFC North. AFC North. Okay. Let's see T. Higgins. T. Higgins is not on the list, but that's a good guess because he had 110 yards, so he would have been number six. So close. Yeah. Okay. And we were just mentioning him, too. We just mentioned him? No, I was saying we just mentioned T. Higgins earlier, too. Okay. Uh, AFC North. I'm trying to think. Uh, let me see. Um, it wasn't a Raven because they didn't do very well in the receiving game. It was all run game in that one. It, it was all running. Um, I want to say, did Pittsburgh even play this week? Yeah, but there's no Pittsburgh. Uh Pittsburgh players. Oh, you gave that one away then. Um, I'm trying to think of the other team. Uh, on the bra- so the, there's the Browns. Browns. Amari Cooper. Yep, Amari Cooper is number three. Five catches, 139 yards. Wow, Amari Cooper. Ever since he's been traded, uh, ever since he's been he's been traded from the uh, from the Cowboys. He's been such an underrated wide receiver. He's too he's too inconsistent for my liking. Oh, he's very inconsistent. But you could also point that out to uh, to uh, bad quarterback play. Well, but even, at the same time, even like even with what, the Cowboys, you could, go, you could go back to his Raider days when he was really inconsistent. I used to have him on fantasy football. Yeah, massive headache. They he was he was either doing really well, or he would barely do anything at all. And I could blame Michael Crabtree for that partially as well. That's besides the point. All right. But no, even with the Cowboys, he was really inconsistent too. Like he's one of the best route runners in the NFL, but he, for some reason, he doesn't get a ton of targets. I don't know why. But yeah. Moving on. uh, We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll run down our Fumble Ruski fan box. Touchdown! Unbelievable! 
You are listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio and Secret Weapon Consulting. Chris Kostich, Adam Wright. We move on to Fumble Ruski Fan Box, most underrated week nine performance. Fumble Ruski Fan Box, we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more. And we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast. Respond to next week's Fan Box question to be featured on the show. So, question of the week was most underrated week nine performance. We'll start out with Lucas Ferreira, Taysom Hill, 11 carries, 52 yards, four catches, 13 yards, and a touchdown. More carries and more yards than Alvin Kamara. More yeah, I, like he's always been an underrated player, but whenever you see him in a starting role anywhere, he doesn't do that well. He's yeah. always better as the underrated guy who has been like, don't all the people are like, don't sleep on Taysom Hill. But when he gets a full time job somewhere as a running back, a wide receiver, a quarterback, he never does very well. No. So, I mean, this is this is his spot to be kind of that Swiss Army knife to do a lot, a little bit in a lot of different spots. So I like that. It's a good yeah. that's a good selection. Yeah. And give you that um, be that secret weapon type of guy that your gadget player. You yeah. Know? He's never going to be a superstar, but he's he's a solid player. Yeah. Nate Sloat says, C.D. Lamb. Don't really know why that's underrated. You can make a case. Yeah. 91 yards. You can make a case it's definitely not underrated, especially given the performance. But C.D. Lamb is just an underrated wide receiver in general. He could be looked at as one of the best wide receivers in all of football. One of them. Yeah. But – He's always mentioned as an afterthought, and partially because wide receiving play has, has gone through the roof in recent years. In the same stretch of time that Ceedee Lamb has gone through his the prime of his career, but eleven catches, one hundred ninety-one yards, and they, he goes on. Ceedee Lamb goes on a tear for multiple games at a time during stretches of his career that no one really pays attention to. Like he is borderline unstoppable sometimes. And if he was just in an offense that could actually utilize him as the focal point of that game, of of the Cowboys offense, rather than Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, right? Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. Like, if you if you if you utilize just him, he could put up numbers just like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson do. Yeah, you know, to go along with that with the big stretches he goes on. It's now three straight games where he's cracked over a hundred yards back-to-back games where he's cracked at least 150 yards. He's unbelievable. It's the only difference is that only one of those games, uh, he actually scored a touchdown well, two touchdowns. And that was like, and that was two weeks ago against the Rams. Uh, I probably would have said not so underrated, but the way that you put it makes more sense. Um, Chase McGinty, Brandon Graham, linebacker for the Eagles, two tackles, one and a half sacks, counted for a tackle for a loss and two QB hits. Uh, underrated. I don't know. Maybe. I guess we could say underrated just because he got a sack and a half. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know enough about Brandon Graham to really make an opinion on that, to be honest. But like out of 
out of all of the players you could have picked on that defense, the Eagles defense that developed five sacks, Brandon Graham is the guy you picked. Yeah, let, let me let me look at the uh, box score from that game. It was because uh, I threw out some names out there too before the podcast. Uh, Zach Cunningham, eight tack or ten tackles, one tackle for loss. Reed Blankenship, seven tackles, two passes defended. Josh Sweat, four tackles, a sack, one QB hit. Uh, Nakobe Dean, uh, not really Nakobe Dean. I don't know. I, I guess sure if we want to take into account that he was able to get into the backfield a pretty solid amount of times. Um, this doesn't really show what, how many pressures he got in general. I mean, yeah, he had two QB hits, one and a half sacks, so that could probably tell the rest of the story. But I, I kind of want to see more than two tackles if we're talking about someone underrated. Especially if we're going to be talking about a guy like Brandon Graham, who's not as well known to um, to certain fans. Like I barely knew who Brandon Graham was till today. Yeah. But moving on, uh, Richie Magil Nicky. Sorry if I pronounce your name wrong. He says Joey Bosa, six tackles, two and a half sacks, one tackle for loss. This one, this one, I cannot. I'll say is more underrated just because Joey Bosa has been, has had a very quiet season. And also, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry no. to cut you off. Um, but yeah. And also Joey Bosa has become the forgotten Bosa brother. Yeah. I mean, he, he was in the league first and when he was drafted, he was actually looked at as like a very, very good defensive end. And he still is. It's just now that Nick Bosa's in the league, we think about him and, also, like looking at the entire Chargers defense, especially their front seven, that is an underrated performance. When you sack your when you sack the opposing quarterback eight times, that should be something that's on front page news for the NFL. But the fact that it doesn't doesn't even it's not even sniffed out, that says something. Yeah. Yeah, there's I mean, eight times. No mention of it. If it's the if it's Daniel Jones getting sacked eight times, it's all over ESPN. Yeah. Also, Joey Bosa has six and a half sacks on the year so far. And I'm pretty sure that's actually – those are better stats right now than his brother right now, who is the if, reigning defensive player of the year, isn't it? I think – I'm not sure. It's better stats than Chase Young. I can tell you that much. Let me check real quick. Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah. It, it is better than Chase Young too. I mean, uh, Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa has three sacks on the year. Yeah. More than double. And Joey Bosa is the forgotten guy. I mean, he's been in the league significantly longer. So, I mean, you kind of understand. But, I mean, man. That's probably just a case of recency bias at that point. Certainly. But, uh, yeah, that's that's all. Adam, you got anything else you want to add? Uh, nothing really. I mean, yeah. And yeah. we got – we. I, I guess I'll give a little shout-out to our page. We just hit a million – views on one of our recent reels that's the first time we've ever done that um it's our highest ever we we hit a hundred uh just over 800k with the michael thomas reel um you know i mean it is a it is a meme but this is an entertainment page so we try to entertain you and if that means posting memes podcast posts stuff like that you know try to keep you guys entertained 
you know, we, we try to keep it more serious on the podcast end, but social media, we like to have some fun. That's all that matters sometimes. Certainly. But uh, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays at 730 as well as Fridays at 5. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and so much more. Be sure to follow our Instagram, Fumbaruski underscore podcast. It's the same thing with our TikTok. New TikTok page is up as well under the same name to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, from myself, Chris Costich, from Adam Wright, we will see you on Friday or, in Adam's case, next week. Over and out.